Good morning. Please feel free to take a seat. Thanks, Keith. So this morning, I've been given the enviable task of um, doing the whole of Galatians in one morning. So for the last six weeks, we've been doing a chapter a morning. And then this week, they said, oh, why don't you just like go back through all of it and uh, do the whole book? So I hope you haven't got a chicken in the oven because we're going to be here a while. And I'd just like to start out by saying... Um, the podcasts have actually been really good for me this week because I've been able to go over what was said and listen to the talks and I've read some people's notes and stuff. Put your hand up if you know what the podcast is. Okay, maybe half of us. Well, there are some connect cards kicking around that are in the front of the chairs over here. There's a big stack of them over there as well. And what you can do, if you want to keep in touch with us, if you want to know what's going on, if you want to get emails, if you want to get keep up with what's going on Facebook. Fill one of these in and you'll get emails and you'll, we'll invite you to the Facebook group and stuff. And you'll see the reminders of the podcasts. And that's what the Connect cards look like. So, fill one of those in if you want to know what's going on. The podcasts basically are, we record all these services and we put them online and then if you want to, if you're doing the kids' work or you're busy with something else and you don't get a chance to hear the service or you're away, you can listen back. There have been a couple of missing over the summer because the people who record them and do them weren't here, but we're getting better at it. So if you want to listen to this back, tell other people to say, oh, you couldn't be there, well, have a listen to the podcast. Although I'll let you be the judge of that when we get to the end. So, full run back through Galatians. Um, and I'm just, what I, I think what's best for me to do really is I'm just going to take two minutes or three minutes to do it a chapter at a time and just apply it. What can we learn from what we heard? And condense quite heavily what what we went through. Um, so getting straight into it, chapter one was James Wilde. I don't know if you remember. He, first time he preached, actually, he did a fantastic job. And the thing that stuck out for me with what he said was, are we listening to God or are we listening to other people? Hopefully verse 11 is going to come up there. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. Everything we do centers around this. And what it means for me is, as soon as Paul was converted in Acts chapter 9, he didn't go straight to the other apostles and say, oh, by the way, Jesus has just met me on the road to Damascus. And I've been this massive persecutor of the church. Um, I'd just like you to confirm that I have met with the God who is going to change lives. And I just want your permission to go out and preach his word and, and stuff. He didn't do any of that. He took God's word at face value. He saw God in the sky. He saw God move and he went, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I've been empowered by God to take his message to people. And he went. He went straight away. He went into Asia and started preaching the gospel. And then after that, he went back to the apostles and said, oh, by the way, I've been preaching the gospel in all these other places. I hope that's okay. And God used Paul's gifts as a, as a speaker, but he also used his reputation now, the, the church knew who Paul was. They were very aware of him because he was this kind of... He was sort of like the leader of the anti-church in the early days. Like, he was training to be a, a very high-up religious leader. And he hated the church. He did everything he could to undermine it and to hurt people, to kill people, throwing up alliance and stuff. And he persecuted the church. And when Jesus met him, he said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And God used that. So when people saw him speaking about Jesus, they were like, isn't this the guy who was 
tearing the church down and trying to undermine it and doing bad things to it. And people thought, man, there must be something about this. Look at the transformation in this guy's life. Look how much he's changed. And that's the power of God's word, isn't it? Look at the change that God can bring about in our lives when we just accept his word and embrace it. And you can ask yourself, what's, what's God giving each one of us? What's he given me? What's he given you? What gifts has he given you that you're willing to say, you know what, I'm going to risk everything for you, God, because you died on the cross for me. I will put aside my fear. I'll put aside my feelings of inadequacy. And I will do this because you are worth it. Rather than looking at other people and thinking, oh, but they might judge me if I do this. Or they might say things about me. Or what if I do a terrible job and I'm, I'm embarrassed? So what? Who cares? I'll be honest, standing here and talking to people, it's not very easy, but I do it because I feel like I should, because I feel like I've got a voice, and God's placed that in me, that I am compelled to preach his word. Shouldn't be easy. If it didn't cost us anything, there would be no value to it. And what does that look like in your place here in this church? What gifts has God placed in each one of you that you say, you know what, I okay, okay God, because it's you, I'll do it. And the last, the last year has been incredible. Today marks the first Sunday of a brand new year. We've been in this building a whole year now. Isn't that incredible? And look how much has changed. The people who've been, on, who've been here for a year will see. Some of it's been awful. Some of it's been amazing. But the, br the brilliant thing is, the people who've stepped up into service has been nothing short of incredible. I've loved watching people just go, I'll do it. There's a need. I'll see it. I'll fill it. That's a massive challenge to us, isn't it? Are we listening to God? Or are we listening to people? Chapter 2. Freedom from the law. And this was brought to us by Elijah. Verse 16. It says, We know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. The early church really struggled with this. And what I love when Elijah spoke, you'll hear it on the podcast if you listen back, is that he, he came up with these examples, and one of the best one he, came up, he could come up with was, um, apparently, now it's okay for men to wear women's clothes, because that's part of the law, and it doesn't apply anymore. So, Elijah, go for it. <laughs> but this, the early church struggled with this. Most of them were made up of Jews in Jerusalem, and they were kind of coming away from being taught all their lives, you have to do this, you have to do that. And then Jesus dies, and all of a sudden it's like, do we have to do this stuff anymore? Don't we have to do this stuff anymore? And when Paul was going around preaching to the, the Gentiles who weren't the Jews and didn't have the law, and they were becoming saved, they were like, so do we have to start doing all these laws as well, or can we just... And Paul's writing to the Galatians, he's saying, stop, get, stop getting caught in the trap of thinking it's about what you can do. You have been set free from the law. You don't need to do it anymore. And because Paul was spending loads of his time outside of where Israel and where the Jews lived and stuff, he lived around the Gentiles all the time, and it must have been great for him to just be able to preach them and say, you don't have to do anything apart from believe. It's all about faith, because God's done enough. The law is obsolete. It's gone. It's past. Just follow Jesus and go for it. 
you're not tied down by this. It doesn't have to take any of your time anymore or, or your energy. You don't have to worry about it. Just get on with getting on with going after God. And that leads us on to chapter 3. And Matty Steele brought that to us. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And Matty said, this is a really easy thing to say, isn't it? We're saved by faith. And sometimes it's hard to remember that. And he, made this, he gave us this example. He said, think of your best day ever. And think of your worst day ever. And then just ask yourself, on which of those days did God think most of you? And on which of those days did God think least of you? And the obvious answer is, he didn't feel any different whatsoever. Of course he didn't. He felt exactly the same about us. But we get caught in this sort of cycle and this mentality of, oh, you know what, I haven't read my Bible for days, or I haven't been to church for weeks, or I'm just, I'm just not quite there, and I see all these people at church worshipping freely, and I'm a bit stuck, and all my circumstances are getting down on me. Isn't it wonderful to know that God feels exactly the same about you, regardless of what's going on in your life? I love the parable of the prodigal son, where the son walks away from his father and goes and lives this life of freedom and just doing whatever he wants, not answering to anyone. And he has this revelation, realizes that he's, he's done wrong by his dad, and he, he goes back to beg his dad and say, look, just let me be a slave, because they're better off than what I've ended up as. But as he approaches his house, his dad runs out to meet him, because his dad just wants him back. He doesn't care what he's done. That's how Jesus feels about us. doesn't matter what we do. Because God's grace is enough. And as that verse says there, we are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all worthy of God's grace. But here's a tough question. Does that not mean that we're worthy of each other's grace? Hard, isn't it? Sometimes people do things to me and I think, that's just not okay. I can't, I can't abide that. And then I kind of feel like this little prod in my side and Jesus saying, I've done more for you. I've forgiven you more. I think, oh, yeah. okay, fair enough. Sometimes it's, it's a process. Sometimes it takes years. It's hard to forgive. But we should be worthy of each other's grace, especially in this community here. If we love each other, which we should. And this leads us to chapter 4. Call in chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 7. I'll read it from you. So you are no longer a slave, but a child of God. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. That's the size of his grace. It's not just, well, you did all this wrong stuff, so let's just wipe the slate clean. He doesn't just say, right, your record is expunged, it's gone. He wipes it out and then writes all this other stuff on it and says, by, I hereby declare you an heir to everything that I, that I inherited from my father. Not only do we get forgiven for our sin, but we get to enjoy all of the goodness of what he's got planned for us in heaven. That's what grace from God is. 
It's not just, okay, you're forgiven, we're square. It's like, you're forgiven, he's a load more stuff. Enjoy it. He said, I've come that you may have life to the full. To the full. What does that look like? It looks like life as it was intended to be, as we were created to be, in direct relationship with God. And we won't realise the full scale of that till we get to heaven and get to be with him all the time. But we get a glimpse of it now. We get a sense of it through his spirit and we, we get to connect with God who made the universe. Isn't that wonderful? That's what his grace does. And his grace says, you didn't have to do anything, I've done it. I died in your place so that you can be made right with me. Isn't that wonderful? It's the simple gospel message. All you have to do is believe. And we kind of, I've said for a long time, I don't believe in justice. Bear with me. We have this kind of basic human mindset that justice will bring us peace, or justice will kind of, when someone's done something wrong and they get punished, that that will make it okay. Okay, well, they've got what they deserve. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches grace. If we had justice in, in the biblical sense, none of us would be able to go to heaven. So if I'm striving for justice on earth, how can I ask for grace to get to heaven? And it goes back to, we are worthy of each other's grace because Jesus has paved the way and he's shown us how to live our lives. The Lord's Prayer says, forgive us as we forgive others. That's what Jesus wants us to do. Chapter 5. So what does that mean? Free from the law. No longer slaves to a way of life. And we have this choice. Imagine a guy's just got out of prison. And he walks out and says, right, you served your time, you're free. Going into the world, you have a choice. And the guy has a choice. He can either go back to his life of crime and do stuff wrong again, or he can choose to go a different way and change his life. And we're the same. We can either, when we make a declaration of faith to Jesus, we can either say, right, I'm going to go your way, Jesus. I'm going I'm to change my life. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be transformed. Or we can say, well, I'm going to carry on doing what I was doing before, and I still think that you're going to save me. That's not what it's about. Verse 16 says, Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Sometimes it's easy to slip back into our old way of life. And I mean, I've been a Christian since I was probably like eight or nine, so I didn't really have much of a life before then to compare it to, but... I find it very easy to slip into the worldly way of living, self-gratification and wanting stuff and doing stuff. Jesus said it's not about stuff because you can't take it with you. And if I think about, well, okay, maybe I can go traveling and I can have amazing experiences, it's like, well, they're just going to be fleeting moments of, of joy. If I want joy to the full, I need to live like I'm free in Christ. Because what that does is it cuts all of the ties to this world and says, I'm living for a higher purpose. And that's the only way I can possibly experience joy as it was meant to be. Satisfaction, peace. And this is the chapter where we read about the fruits of the Spirit. 
joy, peace, love, all the best things in life are experienced to the highest degree when we live with the Spirit. Chapter, so chapter 6. Are we transformed by that? Are we changed? When we make that choice between I'm going to go this way and that way, we need to ask ourselves, is this enough for me to change the way I operate from my heart and my mind and my actions? And Elijah gave us a great challenge. But this is quite a personal thing to do. It says in the early parts of chapter 5, chapter 6, sorry, where were we? Verse 4. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves without comparing themselves to someone else. Only you know what you need to do. Your relationship with Jesus is yours. And I said at the beginning, Paul didn't ask permission from anybody. He did what God told him to do. And the same is true for us. If I want to know what God wants me to do in my life, there's no point in me going asking someone else. Now they can give me some wisdom, they can give me some guidance, and they can help me, and that might be a valuable thing, but at the end of the day, only I know God's calling on my life. And I think if we examine ourselves and we ask ourselves a hard question, what do you want me to cut out of my life? We probably all already know the answer. For me, it could be, I just need to maybe chill out when I'm driving. <laughs> I'm a pretty angry driver. Not angry, impatient. It's not okay. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. One of them is not impatience. One of them is patience. Take your time. Are we a new creation? And do we act like it? Do we walk through this life and people look at us and think, what's going on with that guy there? What's, what's he so happy about despite what's going on around him? And I have a tendency to wallow sometimes. And people notice because I, I complain and things. But if I was like, you know what? All that's going on is awful, but I'm, I'm joyful. I'm transformed. I'm full of God's love, and I'm going for it. I get to go to heaven. Isn't that awesome? People would probably look at me and think, what? But at least it would send a message that this stuff can change that stuff. I heard a preacher say years ago that if it doesn't matter in eternity... It shouldn't matter now. And I know that's an easy thing to say. And sometimes it's tough. And sometimes it's brutal. But that's the mindset really we need to work towards. And Elijah gave us three, three things we can do to help us with this. Number one, discipline. Do we plan time with Jesus? Plan time with Jesus. At the start of the week, do we sit down and go, all right, these hours, are, or these minutes even, are protected. And at that point in that day, I will be spending time with Jesus. Because that means he's a priority. Number two, we need to transform our thinking. We need to start thinking with a heavenly mindset and stop getting trapped in a negative circle. Because despite our circumstances... Jesus is always the same. And again, it's an easy thing to say, it's a tough thing to change, but these are the things we need to, we need to change in our lives if we really want to live in the fullness of what God has in store for us. 
And number three, three, action. Does this translate into actually doing something about it? Because very often we stand and we, we sing and people preach and we listen and we write things down and, oh, that's going to be amazing, isn't it? But nothing actually happens till we do something about it. Does it? So there you have it, probably the fastest walk through Galatians you're ever going to hear. All six chapters. But there's a process there. And it spells it all out. Through grace we are saved. That we may, we may be able to enjoy the fullness of what God's got in store for us in eternity. And if we want that to the fullest now, we need to, re- to transform our hearts and minds and actions. I want to invite the band to come back up again and just play. We're going to have a couple more songs. But I think it would be, it would be really good if... I don't know if anybody's got... Um, firstly, if anybody's got anything going on in their life they want some prayer for, then I'll ask the ministry team to be over in the chairs over there and go over there and they would be delighted to pray with you. Whatever it is, they'll just print the situation. And just, even if you don't know what to expect, just know that people care about you and support you and want, want you to be okay and want to help you. And secondly, if, if this series on Galatians has stirred anything up on you, in you and you want to come and share some of the experiences or some of the stories at the front, if you're brave enough, then come and I'll, I'll just be sat down here. Come and talk to me and we'll, we'll get you up at the front and... You can share those things. It'd be, it'd be great to hear some feedback from, from your lives as well because it's easy to stand up here with a microphone and not give anyone else a voice, but you've all got a voice. We want to hear it from everybody. We want to know that exciting stuff's going on and, and that, that God's changing lives. Yeah, this building's been here for 120 years, but God's he's alive. He's, he's kicking. He's, he's going for it. And we're excited about that. So, so feel free to come and share. Come and share something of what he's doing in your lives. It'd be great to hear. Thank you.